we're talking about the norm. We're talking about the typical married couple where it, it's really, you know, these are the kind of people, a lot of whom I see where they had an affair, but it just, it was like by accident. This week, is it normal to have an attraction towards someone else who isn't your spouse? Or is it normal to even have a crush on someone? And if you do find yourself in this situation, what should you do? Dr. Karen Sherman has all your answers. Stay tuned. Doesn't it sound nice to come home after a long day at work and to see your spouse sitting at the table with a bottle of beautiful red cracked open waiting for you? We think so too, which is why we have the Hitched Wine Club. Visit hitchedmag.com, click the Wine Club link, and join today. It's super easy, takes just a couple clicks, Each shipment comes with exclusive date ideas to help you and your spouse reconnect, and every bottle is guaranteed. Again, go to hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link to learn more. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original, the lovely Dr. Karen (laughs) Sherman. Hi, Karen. Oh, flattery will get you everywhere, Steve. That's what I'm hoping. Here with you, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She has her own radio show called Take Five to Empower Your Relationship, and that is on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, Karen is also the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice: Transform Your Life, and the co-author of Marriage Magic: Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get all this wonderful information at her website, drkarensherman.com. But before you do that, we would like to have a quick conversation with you about dealing with a crush when married. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is pretty common, Karen, and I say that because I see a lot of people doing those uh, search queries on our website for an article we have about this topic. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did a quick search on our podcast archives, and I didn't see that we had actually covered this. So I would like to cover it now. Um, My first question is, is having attraction to others when you're married, is that normal? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, when you're married, uh, you get into a routine, you get into the humdrum of life. Um, That's, you know, we've spoken in the past about um, the things you can do to make sure that um, you keep it vibrant. But we know that boredom uh, can really hurt a relationship. But again, you know, it's just part of what happens in a marriage that um, you've got kids, you've got a job, you've got bills, and you need a little um, oomph, shall we say? So I think that when you have an attraction towards others, it meets that need. So I don't, I don't think that that's an unusual kind of thing to happen. Okay, uh, I'm going to take a slight different angle on this. Um, mm-hmm. do, if you are, ha- I mean, two things pop into my mind. The first one is that saying that you hear often, which is, "I'm married, I'm not dead." Uh, of course, I find <laughs> yeah. other people attractive. Um, but w- if if you are finding yourself um, becoming attracted to somebody else. Uh, does that spell 
danger? Does that mean there's something wrong? Or is that just like, well, there are beautiful people in this world. There are interesting and intelligent people in this world. Of course, I will have attraction to others throughout my life. I don't think it's dangerous. I think it becomes dangerous when you start to act on it. Okay. So uh, leading into my question, so when you say uh, it becomes dangerous when you act on it, is that the full definition of when your attraction becomes dangerous and what does acting on it actually look like? Well, that's that's a hard thing to say. I, I think the best way for me to sum it up is the old saying of, you know, you, you just did a, a saying of, I'm, I'm not dead, um, whatever the saying was, but, <laughs> yeah. um, the, the thing I'm going to bring up is, um, it's never just lunch. So, you know, when you go out for lunch with somebody that you're attracted to, um, though you may be going for lunch initially, that's a slippery slope. Um, you know, there are certain things that we know, um, are, Things that you should not be doing with somebody, especially somebody that you're attracted to, like you don't want to be telling them things, sharing things with them that you don't with your spouse. Mm. Um, you know, that's breaking a boundary. Um, you, Another rule of thumb is that um, is whatever you're saying to this person, uh, something you would say if your mate was standing right next to you. And if it's not, then don't. That is the rule uh, that I love. If, yeah. if you wouldn't say it with your spouse sitting next to you, then it's probably not something you should say. Right, right. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that start to become dangerous. When you're doing things that um, you're keeping secret or omitting um, or, oh, you know, it, it really didn't mean much from your mate. Those are the kinds of things that indicate that you're starting to go down a slippery slope and that becomes dangerous. Okay. Now, is there a point where this person is close to me. Um, I do find them attractive, but I can keep a healthy boundary so I can be more open with that person. Or is that just like, just avoid it because you don't want to play in a landmine area? Oh, that's a hard one, Steve. You know, there are some people who come into a marriage and they have been friends with somebody of the opposite sex for years. Mm -hmm. And they've just been really, really, really good friends. And Obviously, part of a good friendship is, you know, sharing emotions, talking about a lot of things, etc. So you're not going to necessarily just cut that person out of your life just because you got married. Mm -hmm. What you would hope is that that person now also becomes part of your marriage, you know, part of the relationship. Now, it may be times that you're going to still speak to this person when your mate is not around. But I think that when you um, start to have emotional feelings, um, that becomes dangerous. And if it's somebody who's on the scene, again, not where there's this longstanding history, that that's an indicator of a problem as well. Okay. And so if you start developing emotional feelings beyond just uh, a, a, a basic attraction, mm -hmm. do you have any rules that a person should adhere to? Well, you know, um, if you realize that you're doing that, you you need to know that you're in trouble. Um, don't kid yourself into thinking, oh, it's nothing. Um, I just needed to, you know, um, get get off um, my feelings about the fight I had with my wife this weekend, you know, to somebody who would understand. Um, that's, you know, that's a 
difficult way to think because obviously this other person is going to be very understanding. Um, they weren't involved in the argument. They don't know the other side, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and if there's any chemistry between you, that plus starting to share the emotions is, you know, like dynamite. Okay. Well, so you just brought up the fact that you come confiding in this person if you had a fight with your spouse or something like that. Um, I also want to add or ask you about your marriage is fine. Uh, there is nothing wrong with your marriage. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like plugging along, right? Like there's yeah. nothing exciting, but right. there's nothing wrong right. with it. Um, but you have an attraction to somebody else. Um, like, what do you say about that? Because I feel like that is a possibility out there for people to be like, yeah, my marriage is fine. I'm not, it's not like I'm fighting with my spouse and I'm looking for something else or I'm more open to something else. It's like, my marriage is fine. We're not, you know, nothing's crazy mm -hmm. on the horizon. We're like doing our thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but this person, uh, maybe it's a new person at work or maybe it's just, you know, somebody in the neighborhood or whatever the scenario may be. And you just find yourself like, wow, like you just start noticing that person more or something. Okay. So you said something that caught my ear. You said, you know, our marriage is fine. We're just plugging along. Mm. Okay. And so there's obviously something that could be improved upon. And when you see this person, this new person at work, I'll go with your scenario, this sure. new person at work, and it's stimulating, it's new, it's novel, um, and you're now being attracted there, that's going to offer something that's missing from your marriage. So that, again, if you're aware of that, you know, um, a lot of times when I'm working with uh, people, and whether it be something like we're talking about now, or um, even, let's say, the need to gamble or the need to drink or anything like that, you know, the question becomes, what is it giving you? Mm -hmm. Because that's what you really want to attend to. Where is your need? And so let's say I was talking to this person and the person says, you know, well, she's, he or she is very attractive and they make me, you know, feel good. We've been in the morning, I get up and I want to get dressed and go to work because, you know, um, it's, it's interesting banter. And then you'd say, well, you know, so, so you're finding that you don't have interesting banter at your house or, you know, in your home with your mate. Well, no, you know, it's the same old, same old. You, the kids are screaming. We got to get them all to the bus. Um, you know, I, I rush out the door. There's nothing much going on. Well, of course, this other person is going to seem attractive to you. Maybe what we have to be looking at and working on is, you know, going back to the home life and what needs to be addressed there mm. as opposed to a quick fix. Now, uh, you used a, a specific word, and we know that it's important in marriage, novelty. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I guess I'm pushing back a little bit about um, you can't fight – this person at work will always be – will always have – and the new person at work will have that novelty, period, and yes. stop. Yes. Um, you can create it within your marriage, but that doesn't stop the novelty of the new person at your work. So is it, can you carry those simultaneous, like maybe I, I guess you, you, I, I love the aspect of finding that you are attracted to this 
person and there's a novelty to it which which strengthens that attraction um and so therefore to kind of like offset that dynamite you boost the novelty levels at home or maybe the conversation or the banter or whatever you mm-hmm. you, you are mm-hmm. able to address but that doesn't so that might uh, i guess um harden the foundation at home but does that tamper the attraction at, at work or wherever this is taking place okay so i believe that if number one you have to be self-aware you have to notice that what's going on for you and then you have to address it you can't change something if you're not aware and so then you have to address it um and realize like okay why you know why is this attraction there you know what's missing for me or what what do i feel this is giving me that i'm not getting mm-hmm. Marriage, in a long-term marriage, initially we know we've got the honeymoon period and all the bells and whistles and everything's exciting and everything. And then you make your commitment and we've discussed this before. You make the commitment and then that's very nice because it gets deeper. It gets more trusting, consistent, you know, all those good things. But that whole novelty and, you know, butterflies in your stomach goes away. Mm-hmm. But you have, if it's going right, um, Exchange that for a deeper communication, a greater emotional intimacy, understanding, a desire to work things through. You know, those are not the kinds of things that you get from that, you know, quick fix novelty kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you then, let's say, have the kind of relationship, and this is where it gets tricky. But you have the kind of relationship where you can then be aware that there's something that's not feeling quite right to you Mm -hmm. and go and discuss that with your mate and address it. And you feel like your mate has heard you and wants to address it also. And you start working on it together. That attraction, you're right, is always going to be there, but it's not going to be so calling to you it's not going to be something that's like oh i must have this because the basic need that it's filling is going to be met by going back to your mate and addressing it there Mm. so it's almost it's like um it's not like you will have that urge to jump out of bed and rush to work because you have to see this person. It's That's more correct. like, yeah, I'm looking, you know, I enjoy going to work because that person is there. That's correct. Now, let me let me just say this. We're talking about people who are not um, being, I want to put this in, in the nicest way possible, who are, are normal in their relationships. We're not talking about people who have certain deeper issues mm-hmm. who might end up being players, let's say, yeah. or who are um, people who can't really associate on a deep level emotionally. And it's all about their own needs and everything. We're not talking about those people because that's a whole other conversation. We're talking about the norm. We're talking about the typical married couple where It's really, you know, these are the kind of people, a lot of whom I see where they had an affair, but it just, it was like by accident, Mm. you know, they, they didn't mean to. And when you really start, you know, if you can do the healing process and then you look at what was going on or not going on 
and you know, both of them really work on their marriage afterwards, it's a very, very good marriage, often stronger than it was before the affair. Because they had to address all the issues that they That's were ignoring. Correct. That's correct. Um, this actually might sound like a stupid question. Um, do Is having attraction toward another, is that the first step of an affair? Or is, might it be that you have an affair because they're supplying something? It's not even really like you're that attracted to somebody, but they're offering something that you're missing. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't have to be a phys- it doesn't have to be oh, that this person's this other person is gorgeous. I mean, it could really be, like I said before, you had a rough weekend, you felt like, you know, you and your spouse were just totally you're not understanding each other or you were being misunderstood. You come into work, it's it's not even a new person. It's a coworker that has been there with you for 5 years. Mm-hmm. So you feel very comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. And you know, the person notices that your mood is off and says, you know, gee, Bob, what, you know, what's going on? You look, you know, really bad today. And, uh, you know, just roughly, oh, tell me, tell, you know, and all of a sudden you start talking and, oh, this person, yeah, I had a rough weekend also. I know, understand where you've been, blah, 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 blah. And little by little, all of a sudden, you know, you start telling about your feelings and this person is so understanding and so responsive that, it's filling a need that you don't feel you're getting at home. Mm, okay. Uh, this other question, <laughs> I don't know if it sounds stupid or not, but uh, I know a lot of people like to have open, honest relationships. And so mm-hmm. I will ask this. Should you tell your spouse? Oh, what are we telling our spouse? What am I that you for? That you are feeling an attraction towards somebody. Okay. I think that that's going to depend on your spouse. I think that if you're the kind of people who are in a really solid relationship, you can say that. I think there are other ways to address the issue um, without necessarily saying that because then you're really talking about the need. You know, so very often, again, with there are different kinds of affairs, but a lot of affairs are by accident, so to speak. So we look at those affairs as symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so if we say that the attraction is really a symptom, you don't have to say I'm attracted, especially if you're married to somebody who's going to get insanely jealous and it's going to be really upsetting to them. Mm-hmm. What you can say instead, say instead is, you know, recently I've realized that I'm just not feeling we're connecting as much or I'm not feeling, I feel like even though, you know, we're we're both really basically happy this we need some oomph you know I, I feel like we need some oomph and we need to make time for that so you can address the issue without saying i'm attracted to somebody else okay so really again it's being self-reflective of okay why am i feeling this way toward this mm-hmm. person okay. yeah and i think communicating that is really really important because if you hold it in that's not going to go anywhere except um, to, I think, to a dangerous spot. Yeah. Okay. And I want to say that I, in in the question that I asked, I wasn't referring to scenarios where someone's like, "Oh yeah, she's pretty," and your, you know, your your spouse might say that, and you acknowledge, right? Like that's that's really not what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about with yeah. The, the yeah, I under, I understood that, but I'm glad you clarified that. No, yeah. what you're talking about is you say wow, you know, this guy came in today and he is hot. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm really attracted to him. And, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. there's a difference. Yeah. Okay. Um, because, I mean, we're, we, we, we are talking about like, you know, possibly forming a crush and developing a crush for somebody right. as opposed right. to just finding somebody attractive, even though that's kind of how we've been talking about it. Right. Um, okay. So then 
I feel like we've addressed this pretty well, but I want to drive home the point. Uh, what should you do in your marriage to solidify things, particularly when you feel like you might be crushing on someone? Well, you know, it, it's feeling like making sure that you're communicating well with each other, uh, which is very hard to do um, for a normal couple these days, not because, um, just because of the the way marriages go. You know, most couples are dual income, not everybody, but dual income. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids are running around with a million activities. Um, there's all this information overload that comes at us. So it's really hard to find time for the two of you to communicate in general, let alone to communicate openly and honestly and authentically. But I think that, you know, if you do that, um, if you do your check-ins, as I've spoken about so frequently, um, if you try to, um, make sure that, um, you don't, um, just do the same old, same old, same old all the time, but do things a little bit differently, shake it up a little bit. I think those kinds of things are what's going to keep the marriage solid. So it's having the time to communicate, being open about your feelings, um, leaving, making sure there's time for the two of you, even if it's only 15 minutes a week, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's truly time for the two of you. And Again, you know, my old standby, checking in with each other on a regular basis about what are we doing that we like, you know, what could use improvement. Yeah. And I would add date nights. Yeah. Well, that was Uh, my 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things that uh, I, you you know, I think a lot of times we make things more complicated than they need to be. And I've, I've said this repeatedly throughout past podcasts, but I think if people can It's got to be a lifestyle. I guess that's what I'm getting at. When we think of these things as um, projects or solutions, uh, it becomes burdensome. But if it becomes just part of what you do, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't seem like work. It just seems like, well, this is what we do. And you're basically making healthy marriage lifestyle choices. Yes. And one of the things that we know through research is family meals – sitting down at the table, turning off the electronics is good and beneficial for families. Absolutely. And the thing about that is like, we don't do that. And I, you know, in general as a society anymore, and I understand why, because everybody's busy. People have a thousand different things going on in their schedules and Mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. But if maybe to your point, find 15 minutes a week, well, maybe you make Friday nights your family dinner night. Mm-hmm. or whatever and and that becomes a thing so you don't really have to work at it per se to like oh now we got to find that like 15 minutes that we talk about like how things are going just create something create the environment where something like this can flourish in and i mm-hmm. think that would be an easier solution for a lot of people mm-hmm. um mentally to wrap their heads around than than trying to like find like put something on a calendar like oh we have to we have to check in on Saturday. I'm going to tweak that a little bit. Okay. Um, though I, I do think that um, being so um, rigid about, you know, putting it on the calendar, on the other hand, by putting it on the calendar, then it takes um, some kind of priority. Mm. Uh, it's not just something that's in your mind and oops, we forgot. And the other thing is 
that, you know, because of our lifestyles, sometimes finding 15, 20 minutes, and I agree with you completely that it should just become part of what we do. And that's a habit, you know, so, but starting a habit sometimes is hard. So start with, start with five minutes. And once that feels comfortable, bring it to 10 and then, you know, increase it. Uh, but I, I do think it's important to actually put it on the calendar and then you're allowed one brain check for the week. Okay. So in other words, if you've got it down for Friday and, you know, one of the kids broke their hand and has to go to the hospital, obviously you can't have your date night that night. Sure. So, you know, move it to Sunday or something. Um, but I think to get a habit started, you do have to be a little bit more uh, specific about it. It can't just be, you know, oh, yes, we'll do this. Well, uh, and I and I totally agree. And and to modify your modifier here, yes. <laughs> uh, I one hundred percent agree. It's important to prioritize it, and and putting it on the calendar would be a good step in doing that. But I think the um, optimal situation, and again, this is optimal. You don't put down on your calendar, brush your teeth in the morning every single day, three hundred sixty-five days, right? It's 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 just what you do. And so I guess I'm being aspirational and saying it would be beneficial to your marriage if you can get to a point where you don't have to put this stuff on a calendar. Oh, it would be great. Right. But how do you get there? I know. So that's why I love I love that you added um putting it on your calendar and making it a priority because I do particularly if it's not a established habit within your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's something that you want to do. Um, but I, but I just want to put it out there when, when you, when it does become habit, it no longer becomes the chore. Like brushing your teeth in the morning is not a chore for you. I would think for most people, it's just kind of like what they do. It's part of right. getting up and getting out, out the door in the morning. So having that like good constant communication is another thing that if you hopefully we are inspiring people to get to that point where it's just what you do and mm-hmm. maybe it is the you know the check-ins on saturday mornings over breakfast or family dinner once a week or maybe you do your walks on sunday as a couple or whatever it may be but you you find that rhythm that you're able to do that stuff right right Okay, we're we're agreeing on all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I always feel better when we agree. <laughs> I do too, and I feel like we do agree almost ninety nine point nine percent of the time. So, um, okay. Was there anything else that you wanted to add to this before we button it up? Uh, no, not really. I think uh, I think we've covered it. It's just uh, again, um, I guess yeah. I guess there's one thing I want to uh, say. Okay. Catch yourself sooner than later. Okay. Um, it's it's much harder to stop yourself the more that the brain chemicals are going and um, you're getting into it. It's much easier to stop the sooner you catch it. It's almost like losing weight. It's easier to lose five pounds than it is to lose twenty five. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost like just be thoughtful and be present. Yes. Because if, if you're having an attraction rather than just kind of running with it, think about, well, why am I, why, why am I attracted to this person? Mm-hmm. And then you'll start addressing those things that we yes. talked about earlier. Yes. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Okay. I love it. Um, okay. So there you go, people. Uh, being attracted to others is a normal thing. 
Um, and in fact, it might even help strengthen your marriage because it'll help you address the issues that you may not realize that you're lacking at home. So there you have it. Uh, so thank you so much, Karen. This was, this was excellent. Thank you, Steve. All right. I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who, again, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And you can get more of Karen on her own radio show, the Sex Talk at on, on the Sex Talk Radio Network, uh, Your Empowered Relationships. And uh, you can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find all past archives on our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, thank you for those who are new to the podcast for tuning in and for those who have given us a rating or a comment or a feedback. Uh, I just got a, a really nice email last night, as a matter of fact, uh, for somebody who just appreciated our conversation, Karen, saying how it really helped him because um, he was feeling a particular way. It was one of the past episodes and it really gave him like new, fresh insight and he was just really thankful so well, I, that's fabulous. And by the way, Steve, if they want to listen to me, they would have to tune into the Sex Talk Radio Network, but on Take 5 to Empower Your Relationships. What did I say? You said uh, Empowered Relationships, was, which was the old show. Oh. And that's up there as well. But the ones that I'm doing now are the five-minute uh, real scenarios and then uh, – how to solve them quickly. That's right. That's right. That's I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Uh, well, I'm glad you corrected me. See, we, we self-correct here when possible. Uh, we have ongoing real-time fact checkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you guys so much. I hope you guys get uh, as much uh, out of this as uh, we hope you do and um, hope you enjoyed as much as we do uh, giving, delivering it to you every week. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve, and my sentiments also. All right, that's going to do it, everybody. Take care. The world is ours tonight.